Uh, welcome again to another episode of the podcast that we are working in Aves. Uh, today, uh, we have another guest. Uh, uh, this time is with us, Dalton Woodwin. Uh, he's joining us today to talk about uh, data. It's a topic that uh, it's quite a uh, use in the AEC industry nowadays. But also, it's a topic that I believe uh, a lot of people is not like familiar with what kind of data or information is required for a process. Uh, we invite Dalton Ludwin to talk about this, to, to try to share with everyone what is the importance of data and how can we make uh, the project and, and people to start like thinking more about this particular subject. So welcome, Dalton, and thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Samuel. Excited. Yes, it's a, it's a great topic. So um, anything uh, you want to share a bit of your background before we start on, on the topic, Go, uh, Dalton? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my background is, um, I guess, to start it off, I fell into AEC kind of on accident. I um, I went to a uh, to a college and they had a, a billboard with some stuff on it, and um, they just had pictures of, of CAD stuff. It's just CAD floor plans, and um, I was like, "Oh, that looks cool." and I kind of got into it that way and I ended up loving it and it worked out really, really well. I mean, initially it was just, I was trying to get a job and, um, and that was it just to pay the bills and take care of my son. But, um, it, it ended up just being a lot more than that. Um, I, I, I really fell in love with the technology and using it and stuff and, one of my first goals was to get a job in the industry, which I was able to do not far. Um, and, uh, you know, I was only in school for a few months and was able to to work for a subcontractor. Um, it's just a CAD person. And then um, from there, um, one of my big goals was to work at an integrate, just a fully integrated design firm um, that had everything. And um, I was lucky enough to get a job as a BIM lead at CRB, uh, where I, I worked um, just supporting uh, the projects uh, from a tech, from a BIM and technology perspective. So uh, supporting Revit stuff, doing some general modeling tasks. But what was nice about that is it gave me a pretty robust um, understanding of how uh, the whole industry works. So not a just yeah. one side, you know, um, perspective of just working for a subcontractor. Uh, but being able to, to to work, you know, sit next to an architect, sit sit, ne sit next to uh, mechanical engineers. Um, we CRB what was cool there is they were also a building um, firm, so they they had construction managers there, uh, schedulers, and everything else. So um, that gave me a pretty uh, strong background pretty quickly in just the AEC industry, and. Um, from there, I went to to BSA, which was another integrated design firm, and now I, I work at DLR Group um, as one of their Southeast um, uh, BIM coordinators, where I just support technology and, and we try to leverage technology in better ways and try to implement it um, in more effective uh, ways, and that could be using Dynamo um, to to make things um, faster, leveraging data where we can, leveraging uh, VR. So just a variety of tasks like that and just um, helping uh, folks use technology in a, a better and more effective way. Uh, so that's kind of kind of my background. And that's really nice. Like always good to to move to the side of technology for this, uh, for AEC especially, I guess is just a next step that uh, a lot of people in the industry is not doing at the moment. Uh, a lot of people is doing it, but uh, I think it's really important to, guide people, to guide the clients, to guide the uh, companies to actually move their operations to this, uh, to this kind of workflow when, where they can use the, like the data, they can use uh, virtual reality, they can tell like using this technology that is actually out there already, it's supposed to make things easier, but just because people uh, is not familiar with it, uh, they don't really know that it exists. Yeah. And there's a lot. I mean, the subcontractor I worked uh, for, um, I think it was like four years ago. I mean, I they sometimes to to win contracts, um, they'll model up some 
some fancy room and it wasn't like huge projects, but they would, I remember they were, they were modeling up this room in 3d CAD and rendering it. And I'm like, I don't even know how you're doing that. And it's taking days. I'm like, I could do, I can, I, you know, I could probably do that and, and rev it just in a couple hours. And then we can have a render up and we can even dump this into Enscape and, and have that going in just a, yeah. a few minutes. And they were spending days on it. Um, and then luckily, <laughs> luckily I've made uh, decent decisions on the companies I wanted to work for. And, um, and all of them have been in Revit. Um, but there's, there's so many firms out there that are still like, I mean, they're years behind. They're still using AutoCAD. The yeah. conversations, uh, it may, you know, they may be happening more and more, um, you know, about technology, but they still are not having those big conversations on actually, um, you know, migrating or, or using some of these new technologies. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. And I, I don't know the statistic, but I always hear like it's 50% of the industry is still using some of those old methods. Um, so... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure with the numbers exactly, mm -hmm. but uh, at least in, in our side here in, at the moment in Mexico, uh, yeah, a lot of people is still not uh, uh, coming to this kind of site where they normally use technology in, any, in every project. You can see now more and more like people trying to use 3D models, but only for uh, kind of like design. We still lacking a lot of uh, using models to actually build the projects, not not just to to, to have a, a a nice shape and a nice uh, render, and that's it. But I think it's really important to move from from the part that you are using a render. Or you for, you forget about the render, but you are actually looking at the important things, such as uh, the data inside yeah. the model, which is uh, will be this this topic today. So so let's go ahead and, and start with the data. So. Uh, before before we start um, this this uh, topic, I just want to share key ideas of what is data with the with the public. Uh, so data is um, it's basically kind of information. So the importance here is how can we use the, the information? What types of information are we using? Uh, programming languages uh, or any software that you are like putting data inside. Uh, it has different types of uh, of uh, being used, different types of data. This is not the same put to put values than putting characteristics to an element or, or to a multiple uh, um, database. It also depends on how you structure your data, the way you, that you can use it. And there's many, many ways that we can use data uh, in the in the AC industry. Uh, so it's definitely a topic. Uh, that uh, we want to touch like some base on it, so people just just again listen to it, know what it is, and they can actually just reach if they have any questions. They can also just uh, be familiar with this context and just to try to prepare uh, or share a little bit of of this knowledge that we have been like uh, uh, getting in our experience. So so in the future, like this can, kind of conversation can be like easier with everyone. And just uh, try to move faster to sure. this, this lovely world of, of information, Dalton. So, so what is data, uh, Dalton, and uh, how data works for AC? How would you put this in? Yeah, I mean, I think you explained it pretty well. I mean, it's it's information. Um, I don't think it's you know totally wild new concept for folks. I mean, we use data all the time. Um, it's in. Uh, in the schedules we look at um, uh, in Revit, uh, you know, we work with uh, spreadsheets in, in Excel. And, and so the data is always there. Um, and I think what's powerful for AEC is collecting all of that. Um, you know, like as an example, like Revit is just essentially one big database. I mean, you can dump the entire thing out um, and you can view it. And what's powerful, I think, is being able to collect all that information and start to to just you know start to understand it a little bit more and collect it and um, you know uh, potentially uh, start to make predictions from it or at least help guide um, guide the design or, or maybe aid in, in different ways during design or construction. Um, I think that's really powerful. And so yeah, I mean, mostly it's just I mean it's just it's just information. It's just the information we work with every day. 
Um, and then mm-hmm. I, you know, and it, it's going to be really powerful when we can collect it and, um, you know, and actually make predictions and, and use it to, to inform our, our design and construction and stuff. So, yeah, like it's it, like to do predictions is, is, is the next step, like where basically we can start using much machine learning te- technology. I, uh, well, I, I think that's a, I go ahead. that's a big step. Uh, using ML. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I think different firms are at different stages of that. I mean, there's some large okay. firms that are are doing things with machine learning. And I do think that's a huge step. And I think there needs to be a lot of um, just some groundwork done before um, initially using machine learning. Um, there's firms now yeah. hiring data scientists. I think that's really important. Uh, people that are, they, they, they use this, uh, they, they understand the data. They understand the questions that they may need to ask. Um, and, um, they have a, a better idea of how algorithms work and different, um, different, uh, machine learning, learning like tactics or ways you could go about a specific problem, or, you know, or somebody that can tell you, Hey, this isn't an ML problem. This is something, you know, this is something that you can yeah. do with typical software or whatever. But what I, um, the something that's really cool, uh, the firm that I work for is what we're trying to do is, um, I mean, it's like we're, the culture that we're creating is like this data um, driven kind of culture. Um, it's, it's, it's getting people to understand that there's all this information that could potentially guide us. Um, it doesn't have to just be historical information, but maybe it's our models and maybe uh, we just want to view things in, in unique or different ways. Maybe we want to visualize the different rooms or spaces inside of it. Uh, so we populate that information on a power BI dashboard. So I don't know. There's, that the bi development and like just visualizing data collecting it um building an actual data warehouse and um getting folks access to that so they can start to explore the data i think those are really really powerful powerful things ml is incredibly important but i do think there's like there's definitely some steps um that have to happen before you can i think effectively use um ml yeah on a a wide scale and actually get some type of roi behind it um like right now we're doing a lot of exploration just really trying to understand like how valuable our data is because there's one problem with aec data and it's just kind of it's it's kind of all over the place um you know with quality um, you know, a lot of firms have migrated from CAD to, to Revit. So it's like, how do we collect that information? It's, it's important. You know, maybe, you know, somebody's, a firm's been doing a specific, um, you know, type of building, but then all that data is spread out in all these different authoring tools. So how do we collect that and actually yeah. learn from it? And a really interesting thing, it's like, okay, the data that's coming from Revit, it may be messy. Uh, we have some good data, some bad. Maybe is there, you know, are there other locations? Maybe there's other things like um, maybe we could look at PDFs or other thing, other project documents that could potentially um, give us the data points we need for whatever the question is that we're trying to predict or are trying to answer. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's 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 like a really nice way to put it. Like, what is the question that you need to answer for the data that you are using? I think that's um, that's kind of like a key factor when we're thinking about data and well, data and uh, how do you structure the information for, for a model? What is the purpose of that data? What is the the goal that you want to achieve by using this information? And I think that's a, a really way, a really good way to put this. Um, this uh, vision for people that is is not familiar or people that is familiar, like if you're gonna use data, you, you have to be sh- well. You have to comprehend what's the information that you're gonna inject into the yeah. model or, or that you're gonna move that you're gonna show to the clients. Like I think sometimes, especially uh, like at the beginning of the of BIM, uh, normally like there was like this 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 word there, like BIM is this information is is data. And um, but it was really difficult to actually see it, like the the magnitude of and the impact that it has data on a project. Because normally people was showing like the 3D model, like uh, look, I have the building and I have all the parameters here and all this information. But uh, without the proper charts, without the the interpretation, knowing how to read the data, it's just like we are losing a big uh, 
well, we are basically losing one of the best advantages that we can we can have with a BIM model or with any any information that requires info, uh, to show data. So I think that's also also another like comes with the second question we have for today. Like how how can we read the data? How can we do the proper interpretation for data in a project? Yeah, I think that um, I I think to to understand the data that you're working with. I mean, you have to, I mean, there needs to be like some, you know, like a expert knowledge maybe about that data. So depending on who's evaluating it, maybe there needs to be conversations with the people that actually created that information. So making sure to have just uh, communicating with those different parties. Um, and then I, 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 Okay, so on my background, I'm not a data scientist um, and I'm not an architect, uh, but so when I go into like if I if I'm trying to do something with data, I try to take it really slow. And if I need to talk with folks uh, to better understand how um, that data was created, maybe talk to a mechanical engineer because I'm working with um, mechanical stuff. So we're having a conversation with them. But but um, I also try to really. Uh, evaluate the data through um, visualizing it. I think that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, using reports, like uh, there's pandas reports and that's in Python yeah. that takes like two seconds. It's like two lines of, I think it's like one line of code and you can dump out a, a really nice HTML that'll tell you like what are, what the different variable types are, what missing, you know, percentage and all that stuff. So I, I, I take it really slow and I try to really understand what I'm looking at. Um, and so I would say, you know, opening up those that communication with folks, especially if you're coming from like my perspective, where it's like I'm not a trained data scientist or anybody. I just find that we have a lot of data that goes unused; it just sits there. Um, and I, you know, and it's it, there's a I think a lot of possibilities with it. Um, so I just try to talk with the the you know the the um, subject experts. Um, get their input on things. And then I just try to evaluate the data uh, the best that I can. Um, and yeah. So, yeah. No, and, and, and totally like the tools that you are using to, to read data, use like you were saying, using pandas with Python. Uh, I think it's really important also to know that uh, uh, just to, to see all the data inside the, just a rabbit model or just like uh, in, inside the model is quite complex. Like, uh, you have to do a proper re research on the tools that you will use. Uh, maybe, maybe it's Power BI, maybe maybe it's Python. I think for me, Python is actually better, easier, and faster. I totally agree with, on, on that one. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and sorry. Go, go, go. Well, no, I, go, ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, um, in Revit, like, you can, um, I, it's been a while since I've done this, but I know you can, you, you can dump out. Um, the database pretty easily. Um, and then from there, it's, I mean, you're either having to learn um, SQL or just to learn how to do SQL queries and stuff like that. And then, yeah, Python is a, I think it's a fantastic tool because you can connect to those uh, SQL um, databases and then you can do just like what you would do um, if you were collecting it through, I guess, anything else, like if you were doing it through Power BI and then you could collect the data and then view it. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tools, but I do know, like, I mean, if you, if folks simply want to get the data, it's not incredibly complicated to get it out from Revit into an actual database. Um, there are some steps there, but I think that that's one of the first things I, I, I did was like, you know, trying to understand like what, what's actually back there. What's, what's in yeah. that database, um, you know, taking it slow and just trying to understand what's in there and then, and then taking it over to like Python. And so like on that, like, I think SQL is a, I mean, that's a really good tool to learn, like learn how to do SQL yeah. queries and stuff like that. Um, Cause I think, you know, I'm not that good with SQL. I use it through Python. I have to do like little SQL queries, but it's one of those tools. That it's, I mean, at least getting the basics down isn't that difficult, but um it definitely is pretty powerful and you could spend a lot of time doing it, but are learning it, but at least for the basics, you know, yeah. that's a really powerful tool to know. No, 
and totally agree on that. We were working on a project a couple of years ago, and uh, we were like doing an automation for uh, an analysis of KQC uh, for multiple models at the same time. So we receive about like uh, 200 models, in a, and we have to come back with a report in less than, uh, less than two weeks about all the information that we have there. And actually, SQL was like a, one of the main processes that we use, but we, we use it inside Navisworks with a few queries to extract the information so we could actually read the information from the models. Uh, and, to, and yeah, it's when you're going to work with a huge uh, amount of data, I think it's definitely one, one of the best ways to, to deal with the data because also... That's another like a you know, uh, little advice that we can offer today, like how big your data set will be or how big your database will be. It will depend on the tools that you will require because uh, it's not the same to just read one spreadsheet from Excel than, um, than having, um, uh, well, information can go to millions really fast. Like if we actually uh, handle the, the data of the project like uh, properly. So, and depending depending on the parameters that you have to use, to use in a project, you will you will have to inject that information for each model and IDs. We have a lot of things that are kind of just like uh, reproduce really fast. So, so yeah, definitely like using this 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 technology was a was a the the key factor so we could actually do this automation work properly uh, without doing the queries. It will be just uh, crazy. And also we have to, we, we, we managed to do like an instructor for the information. So, so we spend a lot of time on, on just doing instructors for how, how the data was going to, to be read and how the models uh, had to, to integrate the, the parameters inside them all so we can actually read it and we can actually do the whole cycle like really fast. So, there's a lot of like instructors also that uh, when we are reading the data, just like you were saying, like, if, if you want to visualize the data, you have to, to get some sort of structure before you actually visualize, uh, before you just data, you cannot just, just put data where it doesn't make sense. So that, I think that's also really important and, and that's, uh, really nice to, to, to listen to that, uh, good advice of just starting to visualize as soon as possible. So you can understand what, what are you looking at? Uh, otherwise this is not, a. It's just really, really crazy. It'd be really difficult to do. Yeah. And I like um, the, like the pandas report, or I think it's called pandas profiling. Um, I think it's a separate library, but that one's really cool because you can, um, so you, you know, you can look at a, uh, let's, uh, as an example, look at a Revit like database and then mm -hmm. um, quickly run that report on, on that or take that database as a just a data frame turn into just a really big data frame uh, in pandas and then you can visualize uh, real quickly um, the different variables every single column um, and better understand that stuff i think that's really important if you want to especially if you want to leverage it i think for like predictions and and things like that um, to, to try to gauge um, how how good the quality is of that data. Um, and I think uh, Nate Miller from Proving Ground, he had a video out um, a few weeks ago where he kind of talked about data quality. And I think he even had a, a tool that he had mentioned um, that could potentially fix the data quality. Uh, mm -hmm. But data quality is, is that that's a big issue, I think, in AEC because it, a lot of times folks are kind of all over the place, but yeah, I mean, visualizing it is just, yeah. that's super important um, just to get an idea of, of what you're actually working with. So. Golly, so another question we have today, Dalton, is like, where do we get the data from? Like, uh, how, how, do, how do we collect this information? Yeah, so um, imagine it clarity, that's a really cool tool. Um, I think there's another one too. Uh, now that I'm thinking of it, there's like CTC BIM. CTC has a, uh, uh, they have one for collect. It does a database export, I think, of, of Revit. But I really like Imagine Clarity because you can run database exports for all your models. And so, like, I'm looking at a SQL um, 
server and it has like around 700 databases and each of those databases are pertain to a specific project and within that project it could have you know four or five different models or more um and then all the data there that um, pertains to those so you could um now you have one server with all your projects uh imagine clarity allows you to do that imagine that clarity also allows you to do like a whole bunch of other things like uh, automating tasks but at least for getting the data i think that's uh, i that's what i use um or that's what dlr group uh uses you can also do um, to get Revit data, you can just do, uh, I think, the OBD or OBDC or whatever the connection is. Just do that, dump it right out, and you can start to visualize it. Um, you know, Dynamo is a really powerful tool if you want to collect data. Um, there's even, I think, a SQLite connection for uh, from Dynamo yeah. to, to uh, a SQLite um, database. So there's a lot of cool things um, out there. Navisworks, I mean, um, there's the... There's definitely some important information there if you're using Navisworks um, and you can collect that data. There's a variety of different ways, I think. But what I use is uh, I just use Dynamo. Um, oh, and I use Dynamo to collect just some basic information about the test and the the coordinates and stuff. And then I can use that and play around with it and try to understand how clashes happen. But um, there's also a tool. It's It's kind of like a... Um, it's like a tool built within a stack of tools, but BIM Beats is really powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's something we use to collect log data. And that log data has, uh, especially for Navisworks, it has a lot of information, but um, you can get the log information for Revit users. Um, uh, Sketch, uh, I think SketchUp may be on there. Bluebeam's on there. Um, you can collect, you know, uh, Grasshopper Dynamo, collect, collect all the log data from uh, everybody's machine and then start to understand that information. So there's a lot of tools out there that um, collect different data, um, allow you to pull data from models. Um, so there's a lot of things um, you know you can use. Yeah, totally. Like the, the tools, like I think that's, that's something that I really like at the moment. That the moment that we are living on the AEC industry right now, because uh, people is is pushing a lot on, on sharing new tools. The industry is coming with uh, new games, so new toys. That's the way I see it. That yeah. allow us to kind of like experience better, faster uh, uh, processes. Uh, for me, kind of like uh, having having uh, Dynamo uh, with Revit was a uh, a big uh, big step. And a big change on the on, on how can we simplify the methods once you learn uh, how to use Dynamo. I think that's the tricky part. But uh, I remember when I started like using. Well, I, I remember in my in my background, I've been working with uh, BIM models for a while uh, with the BIM method uh, met methodology for for over ten years now. And at the beginning, it was kind of like uh, kind of complex just to start like. Uh, Filling information, filling parameters is one of those tasks that uh, you don't want to do manually or you don't want to be like just typing information like uh, uh, slowly. But uh, I mean, you can grab from cell and just uh, drag it and make some stuff like kind of like fast, but uh, totally like I think like uh, tools such as Dynamo that allow you to perform like uh, kind of like directly to the elements and those those uh, are familiar with Dynamo know that. You can actually like uh, start like uh, manipulating data uh, way faster and easier than uh, than normally you in 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 other projects or like without Dynamo. Like without Dynamo, it's just kind of like a for me, it's a headache to be honest. <laughs> I just I just love to kind of like play with Dynamo and just use it fully. So so this comes also with does data affect a project? And I think this is this is another question we we'll, uh, we really like to, uh, to talk a bit about it. And uh, for me, I think like definitely yes. And does that affect a project? I think data is the is the, is the reason we are moving to BIM. Uh, I hope one day, or the way I see it, is that we actually stop using, stop uh, requiring like all these drawings that we normally do, and we select like, requiring more kind of like virtual reality and more like kind of data visualizations for models. So people can understand what's, what, what are the things that they are, they are supposed to, to build instead of like taking all the information for, uh, from just like um, 
just uh, just another sheet, which uh, I know normally in the industry, it's been like this for many, many years. But uh, with this new game, uh, these these new toys, this new technology, I think I think it's a it's a nice way to kind of like just visualize that now data is the thing that I want to see, and there's better ways to see data than just like a, a traditional sheet, you know. Oh, definitely, definitely. So for you, how does data figure break? How how will you put it? How does it affect projects or yeah? Um, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, data is really, really powerful, I think. And like I mentioned before, we're trying to build a culture of folks just using using data all the time and um, and when they can, you know, leveraging it. And so we're building a data warehouse where folks can connect into data and, and be able to see um information you know across different um different data sources and um visualize that data and then use it to make decisions um on their projects and, and stuff like that so they can you know take i've seen examples where um they may want to visualize um information in their models or maybe it's the rooms the square footage all that stuff um, they would typically do it on a PDF. They would just draw things up and then that's what they would present to a client. But instead now they're using Power BI, connecting into live data and presenting that information instead. And then when decisions are made or things change that, um, um, it's just, it's just updating data in one place. And then it's, you know, it's, it's updating in all the other places that it needs to. Um, yeah. so I don't know. It affects projects everywhere. It's like, you know, we use data before. I just think we're just being a little bit more conscious about it. We're thinking about it more. Um, we're, 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 we're thinking, okay, we've done these projects before, you know, how can we use historic information uh, to make better decisions? Yeah. Um, can we, can we see that data? Um, I, what's cool is, uh, there's a lot more, it seems to be growing more, um, more folks are asking those questions. It's like, how can we use this to, I don't know, guide design, or can we use, can we present, can we visualize this data so that we can show it to the client and then, you know, see how our decisions may impact that, um, that those visuals and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. You you think it ha or in your experience has, has it been difficult to bring people like bring people on board on like reading data or using data for for work to oh, yeah. operate in a normal day? Yeah, folks don't even like. There's some folks that are just like they. I mean, they have no idea what you're talking about. It's like <laughs> um, they. I'm like, let's because I, I I think I brought up like data driven um, decisions and stuff, and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, what is that? <laughs> Well, it's just looking at the data yeah. from your your buildings or other things that you've done before and then using it to guide or even, you know, fill in maybe some of the gaps, you know, especially if you're doing like, okay, this is another school or another thing. Maybe there's things that we can easily bring over from other projects, um, or, you know, automatically or, or to help guide the whole um, project in, in some way. Um, so, yeah, I think they're, and that's what I'm like, going slow. You know, it's like it's one thing talking about data and then coming in and say, OK, we're going to use machine learning to do this and this and this. And this is what's going mm -hmm. on. It's like, what? Uh, so I think um, <laughs> uh, getting people and that's like for our, like we're building a data warehouse and and getting people access to that. Um, like, hey, here's the data. Connect into it. Connect into it with uh, Excel. Connect into it with with uh, Power BI. Start visualizing that stuff and, and checking it out. Um, what's cool is we've got some um, uh, uh, some pretty um, passionate people um, that are that are looking into Power BI and, and looking at data in different ways. Which nice. you know, and then that creates a, a kind of a, um, a snowball effect with other people, and then they're all um, joining in and they see how beneficial it is. So I, I don't know, I would say the conversations, especially if it's a new idea, you know, again, data is not new. It's just 
people may not be consciously thinking about it in the way that we're looking at it now by visualizing it and, and potentially using it for predictions or guiding us um, in some way. So uh, taking it slow and showing people little things here and there that, hey, you can do this with data or, hey, um, this may help you um, or this or that and, and just doing it really slow. And what's cool is we're getting adoption. I mean, what's really... Nice. What I love is that it's like, and each firm is different, but we we really open up the data for folks. So um, we've got um, architects, interior designers uh, working with data um, directly. I mean, they're creating their own Power BI dashboards. We have um, BIM managers doing it. We've got everybody, you know, there's no one group of like uh, uh, BI developers that are just doing um, dashboards, but everybody's open to it. So we've got master planning people that are developing boards um, that they show to clients, they use them to sh and they show them to clients. So, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's a process, but I think people are getting, you know, more and more used to it. Um, and and uh, we're taking it slow. And, and uh, I think, I think, um, I think it's going pretty well. But, no, and, it, and it's great that uh, people is 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 having this culture of sharing, like, uh, uh, and getting familiar with uh, this kind of uh, this type of workflow. That uh, I, I totally agree with you. Like, these kind of changes are are, are slow, are gradual, gradually, and are also slow. They, it's really really strange to see like this kind of like a uh, like a massive transformation of a firm or like a group of uh, of architects or, uh, or or whatever the the firm is about, but it's it's really strange to see just like the the change happening from one day to the to another one. It's normally something that uh, yeah, it's, it, it takes takes time. Like uh, even uh, in our side, like we we are working with that and we are trying to show the clients how does it works. And even in our experience, sometimes they really like the, the graphics that we have presented to them and the, how do we show them the information in, in a project. But at the same time, they, they, they don't even know, like, uh, for example, I, I remember once we did like this kind of exercise with Pandas and uh, we were sharing the data from, for a project, like we were analyzing some, some stuff in particular for the project. And we show it like, uh, look, this is what happened in the project. And he was just like loving the, the, the experiences, the story of like uh, looking the information, looking these, these graphics, knowing that all these things were inside his project and they didn't even know. And I think people normally really like to visualize the data because uh, yeah. it's different to visualize the data like with cool graphics and just looking at these uh, columns and rows, right? So once you have a, a nice structure, I think that you have a really good speech. You have a really good uh, way to, to share with the with clients, with people that is involved in the in the in the project. So so it's it's great that you you are working sure. with this kind of warehouse that uh, people is just jumping in, is taking decision, is and I think the best way is that uh, one thing that is is sounds really cool is that everyone is uh, is creating their own that. Dash, dashboard there's in Power BI, for example, you know, so they're actually doing a, a, an interaction interaction over there in the in the way they they operate. So I think that's that's just uh, just brilliant, and that's the way that everyone should uh, get involved with data to try to interact with it, even if it's yeah. Uh, I mean, crazy. If, if you're an architect and you, I mean, you know what you want to show. Um, maybe the client and, you know, okay, we've got all this data. I mean, they're the best ones to create um, a dashboard for that. I mean, we're working on like trying to understand like, um, or like how to not like overly standardize, but somewhat standardize so that there's consistency um, when it comes to de developing visualizations and stuff like that, just so that things are um, just so that we have good practice on um you know, simplicity and uh, just good visuals or good dashboards overall. Um, so we're still trying to, you know, understand what that is and how do we implement things like that without um, controlling, you know, the the creativity that comes behind that stuff. But um, I think it's, you know, like if there, if you're an architect or an engineer, I mean, you know what you want to visualize. Um, here's Power BI, there's the data, connect it and 
and um, um, see what you can get out of it and see if it helps you or your clients or whatever. Um, so, yeah, and that's that's helped out a lot because I think that it's it's it maybe a little bit more difficult if it's like, OK, I'm a Power BI developer working with somebody. I don't know. You know, if you had somebody developing dashboards or a group of folks, I don't know if you'll get like full on adoption across the firm mm -hmm. in the way that in the way of like really getting people involved with it. Like get out there, you know, you have access, you know, build yeah. it. And, you know, and here's a whole group of people that will help you um, with that effort. So, yeah, totally. It's darling. And that's that sounds really good. I, I really would like to work in something like that. <laughs> Uh, have a project like that sounds, sounds yeah. really fun. And um, what is uh, who is who is in charge of that? This is another question that I, I would like to discuss today. Uh, normally, when when people is working with the, with the information, uh, well, in projects, someone is putting the information for like a I don't know for mechanical systems. Someone is putting for plumbing systems. Someone is putting information for architecture. And and goes and keeps going like this, but uh, so so is there anyone that is in charge of data? How how will you see this? Like, I mean, I I don't know if anybody is really in charge of it of it all. Um, so like our data warehouse, it's just a collection. I mean, it's organ like we have a data architect who's. Um, kind of um, you know, architecting the 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 way that we're developing that warehouse and and so data is going in there in, in kind of an organized way. Um, but you know, as as for somebody connecting into something like that, or maybe they have another data source they're working with, for somebody connecting into those data sources or the data warehouse, um, it's I mean they're in charge of i think what they want to do with that but we do have a whole you know i think they're to effectively i guess use data um to understand how good the quality of that stuff is i mean a team of data folks uh, i think is pretty important um like we have a data scientist but you know that's addressing addressing like machine learning projects and things like that a data architect who's focused on developing the um just the the warehouse and how we handle information but um the whole idea behind that is collecting the data so that folks can connect into it and leverage it in some way so i don't know any one person is, you know, in charge of, of data itself. Um, like I, I'm working on some things where I'm evaluating the data to just better understand that. Um, and, but there's nobody I think in charge with it now, like data quality though, like trying to get things in order. Um, I think that's like everybody, like everybody needs to be conscious that, Hey, this information could potentially be used down the line. Um, or at some point, and that we all need to be conscious on on how we're we're just doing things in Revit or whatever else, um, so that um, we do have quality data. And automation helps with that quite a bit. And we're still working on a lot of things and developing add-ins to address uh, different things like um, you know um, uh, construction documents and stuff. So developing like if we can automate a, like that entire process of creating uh, uh, CDs and, and annotating things and 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 if we can automate it, then potentially more consistency comes from that, which will get, you know, potentially higher, um, higher quality uh, documents, but also higher quality data potentially. Uh, so I do think automation, you know, definitely helps with that. Um, with just getting data in, in order. But yeah, as for, you know, any individual in charge of it, I don't know. I think it's a like an entire firm thing okay. um, to really make sure quality is there, make sure people understand how to, that, hey, this is a tool that we could use and information is important, you know. So. Yeah, totally. And especially, I, I mean, like with, with these kind of projects when you are collecting uh, data and no matter like, if the project is small or big, I think once we we see the project in uh, in terms of data, every project is big. Like uh, a lot of uh, parameters, a lot of information will appear, and, and things that will will be required to operate in different parts spaces of the project. 
so I think it's it's like a, it's data as soon as you jump into data is just it's just a big project it's just a a big way to to put it and and I think that the good thing about data is that everyone can 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 see different things on it. Uh, yeah. Everyone has different uh, different thoughts and on on how data is is going to process. So that may, makes the process actually richer to to go to go beyond the the things that someone is going to to experience. So it's like a, maybe person A and person B have this idea, but then person C comes sees this other like a point of view for the data and how they will use it. And I think that's just like um, uh, the complexity of it as well, like. Uh, Data is something that is constantly kind of like evolving. Uh, it's also like tricky when you you want to structure the data because uh, sometimes people is uh, or normally like you will say, well, what's the what, what's the relation between the I don't know, let's just say the materials of a project with the uh, with the number of floors of a project. I don't know, just to put some something there, you know, like sometimes the relationship between data is just a, kind of like a uh, be there uh, difficult to understand or how do you, do you connect the dots between it? Uh, I think that's where the where the fun part also comes, where where people is is coming, giving points of view, and and actually using the tools is what helps you to actually see if you are like going to something good or you just uh, going to something bad where there's nothing nothing to explore mm -hmm. on that side. But sometimes you you are putting the dots like uh, correctly, and then you find something that uh uh, makes the makes the the project actually grow. Yeah, so uh, it's it's just it's just lovely. Like uh, I will just recommend everyone to just start like playing with data as soon as you can. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. But um, and uh, to to start like finishing our conversation today, Dalton, uh, like uh, what what is your vision for collecting data for the future of the AEC industry? Yeah. Um, well. I, um, hopefully through automation and other things, we can up our data quality. Um, I think that's really important. Just being able to, um, understand or just have better, better data. Um, I do hope that, um, you know, something where we are, we, um, we're also building as a, or we haven't started it, but a data lake at some point, but there's a lot of different data sources and some of that unorganized data, like images and models themselves. And, and, um, you know, so there's a lot of potential there, but, um, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, we can start by uh, evaluating, like looking at the data, evaluating and seeing, okay, what other data sources can we leverage to potentially guide? I mean, just as a simple thing, guiding design. Uh, maybe it starts off um, on, on little things like um, like a like a room or or, or certain building types, but to to leverage that data to potentially um, help guide different um, just decisions. Not necessarily make this all the decisions for us, but allow designers to leverage it as like a a resource. Um, so you, here's all the data. It's sitting behind it, but we have machine learning potentially looking at that information and guiding. Um, the designers. And so I don't know, I'm hope like my vision is I hope that like I want to I hope that the industry opens up a little bit more and mm -hmm. we start to share data a little bit more. My the firm I work for, we're really big on that. We share data with universities and, and other things. Um, but I'm hoping that more more firms do that and, and get information out there. Um, and we start sharing it on a large scale because I think that will start to give us a better understanding of where the industry stands with mm -hmm. uh, where data is and how good is that data and, you know, what potentially what what can we learn from that? Because, um, I mean, that's that's so huge. And, you know, like if you go, there's not much there's not there's not much you can find when it comes to AEC data, yeah. data. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other ones sources that you can use for for a variety of different um industries but as for aec not so much um so I, know, I think that would be really really huge uh for for us that would be super cool in the future if we start to share that stuff more and here at my the firm i work for we we you know we're big on that getting it out there because it helps everybody yeah um we you know so no, and, and yeah. that's, uh, that's the only way that uh, I think 
I mean, like, congrats on that because that's the only way to actually make people think about these kind of operations without uh, people having access to the information that is already organized, that is already structured. It's also really difficult for people to just jump in and, and start like playing with that. I think like uh, for us, uh, we were lucky to to have the experience, to have the projects where it was kind of like a requirement or it was something that appeared in in, uh, in our in our work. And we had the uh, I will say that we had the luck to to start operating like this, but. Uh, I have seen also like many people that uh, didn't have this kind of pad and was more focusing only on the kind of design pad and just thinking about the pretty shapes or the pretty forms, the pretty colors. That, that's how I put it in architecture. <laughs> and uh, and they, they were not thinking about anything related to data because basically, well, they, they, they don't know the, the, the data exists. When and yeah. then the the big gap that comes is is what you were mentioning like uh, okay now that they know like that exists where do the, I can collect data where can I take data to kind of like start like uh, playing with it like doing some uh, uh, performance like uh, I think that's also like one of the um, one of the, the things when I when I listen to people talking about machine learning like. Uh, the first thing before you talk about machine learning, like well, the 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 operation that machine learning does is that basically you require tons of data so you can have a proper a proper uh, prediction. So uh, when you think like where does the data comes for this kind of like prediction, that's where the I think that's where the difficult part actually is starting to be right now. Like. People is getting familiar with machine learning, know how the process is working with machine learning, but then the data to do a process doesn't exist. No one has done uh, maybe a structure for an idea that someone has and uh, or, like just comes to your yeah. mind. And I think that's where the difficult I, comes. I think uh, AEC too. Uh, a lot of the talks I see are always machine learning this or that. And I don't know, there's always some disclaimer that, oh, there's so many variables that this only works on a few different things. It's like, ah, oh, well, that that kind of doesn't make it very practical then for us to ever, you know, to ever use. Um, so I think I I I like the discussions of like data understanding, um, data collection, data mining. I mean, getting all that stuff, like really looking at all the things before you even get into machine learning. I mean, that's that's like yeah. the next steps. And um, there's not a lot of conversations about that. Um, and like, that's yeah. why I, I, I liked um, like Nate Miller's YouTube video that he came out with talking about data quality and, and stuff like that. I mean, there's not many folks talking about it. Um, there's like, um, I don't know, the Chris DM is a pretty cool document and it talks about the data. Um, it, it It's the data mining life cycle, but that's just, machine learning and it talks about from you know initially you know what are your goals what are you trying to do what's the questions and then it moves through uh, you know collecting the data and, and organizing it and 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 all these other steps because i mean like the first step it's like is this a machine learning problem do you have the data is this something that people are going to benefit from um a lot of those conversations i don't think happen uh very often um and and the and the cool the, like the first big thing is like just like in Revit like it's an organized database already just dump it out into SQL and then you can start yeah. to understand it from there. Um, but I really think like visualizing it, looking at the information, understanding it give, gives you. I mean that that builds the foundation I think for for doing machine learning because like doing ML at scale. I, I mean, you need like a data warehouse or like if you haven't even started, like you want to do ML with with um, with uh, maybe you're automatically generating floor plans or something. I mean, you need to collect that data, um, uh, that initial data. And if you're not storing it or you don't have a SQL database or some type of um, non-SQL uh, um, database, then I, you know, those steps are really important. And that that's one thing I'm, I I hope the AC kind of starts to look at that more and more. So those those things are the important things that that lead us to like machine learning and doing predictions and stuff. 
yeah no that's i think i think that's uh, that's the only way to kind of um jump to it uh people people well you 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 would this amazing warehouse i i must uh, i i bet you you are having a lot of fun but uh people get into it getting access to it getting getting the time to it and and just knowing that uh that it's it's becoming a part that is essential for any any project any operation uh, i think we are we are doing this kind of like um uh transition right now like we just we were talking at the beginning of a conversation like the people still that is not using this kind of uh, uh workflow inside their firms and there's this to working just uh, on 2d stuff and and cad drawings and stuff and traditional forms of of operating which i mean it's 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 what we had at the back in the day which is is, is i totally respect it but uh I think it's also important to kind of always have this uh, vision of innovation on how we operate. What else can we do? And I think that uh, um, talking about uh, the, benef- the, the, the benefits that it has for a sustainable environment, I think it, it's it's kind of like a key factor when you when, when you can actually visualize that. I think you can uh, provide better and more accurate information to the project so it can become. Oh. Yeah. And I didn't even, I mean, we didn't even talk about like IOT data, but that's, you know, <laughs> incredibly powerful. And there's just like, I mean, for sustainability, like if you can understand how a building operates and how it's used, what the energy is all the time, and you could, I mean, you can take that data and fill it, you know, and use it to ba- make even better designs and better ones. Um, you know, and like I'm, you know, we try to do that, but then, um, but like, here's the actual data telling you that, hey, this is the outcome for this. I mean, there's amazing things out there. And I mean, some of this stuff is I, it, it borders on like Big Brother kind of things like the like like having cameras in there and analyzing people's emotions to understand how they react to certain spaces. Uh, so there, there's crazy things out there. But yeah, I, I mean, like data for sustainability there's so much um potential there and i yeah. think one yeah. thing that could potentially push that forward pretty quickly is is as firms just sharing that information with people yeah totally doubting like it's uh, yeah it's just it's just a future in the way i see it just uh, people that know how to operate with data is is those are the people those are the firms that are i think are taking the the step forward uh, there are also not just guiding us, but also leading on the transformation for the AEC industry to come uh, for a, for a better and richer understanding of the projects. Uh, people, I, I still believe, people struggle to to kind of like come to the technology side of of projects and how do they operate in this in this form. Uh, I know there's a lot of barriers we still need to kind of like break between uh, government, firms, uh, universities. Uh, there's there's a lot of gaps out there, but we are trying to make things closer for everyone. That's that's uh, this is just a, a, a brief brief part of what we are trying to do in with this kind of podcast and just sharing with people so they can uh, get get familiar with this. Um, if they also if you if you uh, have any questions, uh, feel free to reach Dalton. Like uh, well, I'm just saying that, but I, I bet that like uh, Dalton will. It will be amazing to support you on how does this kind of operations work if you want to know more about this. And um, uh, anything else you want to mention before we leave this episode today, Dalton? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to, to reach out and talk about data, um, they can hit me up on LinkedIn. That's, that's where I'm mostly pretty active. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's it for me. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks again for being with us today, Dalton, and uh, for the public. If you if you are uh, unknown, unfamiliar with these topics, uh, uh, don't don't hesitate. Don't give us a, a a text or anything, LinkedIn, and we will be happy to to support. And once again, Dalton, congrats on the warehouse and the excellent uh, work you've been developing. And, sure. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everyone. One one last thing I want to mention. Sorry is uh linkedin learning that's um there's a ton of good resources on there so um for folks that want to learn a lot of the basics or data science stuff check that out because there's some really good um you know courses on there so 
Yeah, thanks. Thanks. We'll, yeah. we'll keep that. Well, people, we need to keep that in mind because that that's also. Uh, trust me, when you start like going with data, you will require tools, and sometimes tools uh, are a bit trickier than a traditional software, especially when we talk with uh, about data, because we have a sure. uh, there's a lot of tools for it, and uh, you're definitely gonna have a nice exploration <laughs> uh, doing sure. this, but. Um, well, thanks again, and um, have a good day, everyone.